Hello, everybody. It is your host, Travis Pastor, with the so-called Fantasy Expert Fantasy Football Podcast. Uh, glad you could join us on our usual uh, usual night and time. Uh, and we've had actually have NFL games to talk about. Last couple times we've been preseason or early week one uh, anticipation, but games have been played. Fantasy points have been accumulated, and teams have won and lost games in horrifying ways. Um, tonight, our guest, one of our daily fantasy football gurus, a so-called fantasy expert, Levi. Levi, why don't you uh, say hello to people and introduce yourself? Hello. Uh, my name is Levi. I write the DFS columns for baseball and football for so-called fantasy experts. And it's great to be aboard actually talking about things that matter. No more speculation. The mustard is off the proverbial hot dog. Right. It is so great to be able to talk about in, like, concrete terms. Oh, Philip Rivers looked great last week. He scored three touchdowns. Keenan Allen, 15 receptions. And saying, oh, I think Keenan Allen will have a excuse me, bounce-back year or uh, I'm really on the uh, Antonio Brown bandwagon. Things have happened, and that is uh, what we're going to start on tonight, but we're going to get into some more daily fantasy football stuff. I know we had a nice primer, an intro into the uh, the land of daily fantasy football a few weeks ago with uh, David Ganos. We're going to try to broaden your horizons a little more. Hopefully, now that it's a concrete thing with games being played, we can, uh, you know, Maybe give you some more concrete examples. Um, but first, Levi, why don't you give out your Twitter handle just in case anybody of these uh, listeners would like to follow you? Sure, yeah. You can give me a follow at the Levi Surf, uh, T-H-E-L-E-V-I-S-E-R-F. Um, I don't know what the V is for there, but, you know, I don't want to be one of those guys that uh, finds out his Twitter handle has been taken and he has to pay $10,000 to uh, get that, so... There it is, yeah. at the Levi Surf. Yep. I, I agree with you. I joined Twitter in 2010, and my handle was already taken, so that's why I am at the real Travioli. Like, I joined it right, like, I was such an early adopter, still couldn't get my name. Um, or you could follow us at so-called Fantasy X. Uh, tweet us your problems. Tweet us your greatest successes. Um, and we will, you know, put them up on the site for all to see. Ah, so week one, Levi. Let's just jump into it. What was your biggest, sure. uh, the biggest fantasy football storyline in your mind? Was it? Uh, oh. was, yeah, go ahead. What do you got? Well, it's it's more personal, but uh, look, I I was a big Sam Bradford guy all off season. Stuck with it. Stuck with it despite him looking like Ryan Reynolds under the helmet, man. He was my guy. I literally had shares of him all over the place in DFS, all over the place in seasonal. And uh, the touchdown that wasn't, because Chip Kelly just has to snap the ball within 20 seconds, literally cost me a lot of money. 
on uh, on Monday night. But uh, hey, say la vie. Yeah, I, I'm sure there was a lot of people very, very frustrated with that uh, that call because it looked like he was clearly in. All, all Chip had to right. do was watch watch a replay, and uh, obviously they were the visiting team, so I'm sure the Atlanta board operator wasn't playing too many replays in the stadium for for Chip to get a better look. But um, did yeah. they end up? I don't remember. Did they end up scoring a touchdown after that? Yeah, they did. It was a filthy, uh, filthy one by low, lowly owned uh, Matt or Ryan Matthews. But they did get it. And I mean, I don't blame him. I mean, it's at the inch line, <laughs> and what yeah. are you going to do? You're going to waste time. Just get up there, snap it, and you're good. But obviously, Chip Kelly cares not for your fantasy football team. So, well, uh, yeah, that's that's a good one. That hurts. Sam Bradford didn't have a great first half. Uh, second half looked pretty good. Are you? Are you worried about him going forward? Are you going to use him again this season in, you know, a daily lineup? Do um, you think he's more of the second-half yeah, no, player? I, no, I, you know, I, I was nervous watching that game. I mean, it really was for me. First half he comes out, and, you know, I, I, I like Sam Bradford. I think he's been a great player. Just he's been injured, and you wait for the hit, and it finally comes, and you're like, all right, go on, brush your shoulders off, you know, and he gets up. and. Mm-hmm. It was good, and he took he took quite a pounding there in the first half and parts of the second half. And I thought he played well. I mean, I'm glad I'm glad I'm invested. And uh, you know, my my article this morning has a minute. I mean, I I don't go away from it. And I, I think you know the touchdowns weren't there, the yardage was certainly there, but that's what you look at. You look at that, and you look at the pass attempt, and I'm sticking with it. Yeah, the the way that offense, the way it plays. I think uh, Sam Bradford was definitely a bit underrated this this offseason just because of those injuries that you were talking about. Um, and I, I don't think he played poorly. I just think that Atlanta defense was really getting through and hitting him, and he couldn't he didn't have enough time to uh, to make some of the throws that you, you sort of expect from him. Um, right. But that was definitely a, a fun game. I enjoyed watching Julio Jones just manhandle. Mm-hmm manhandle the Eagles secondary. So that was that was a nice one. Um the biggest storyline from in my opinion, uh well, yeah, I guess it has to be Brady. They right. played so well. I mean t- uh, the Steelers defense really didn't seem that invested in covering Gronkowski, which, you know, doesn't seem like the smartest strategy, but I don't think anybody's ever tried it before, so maybe it would work. Um but just I'm I'm interested if he has another one of those 2007 seasons or uh, or 2000 even I think in 2009 he threw like 39 touchdowns to four interceptions mm-hmm. and had like a like a 350 pass streak of without throwing one something like that or if he just plays so like angry and looking to get revenge that he goes back to the days when he was like a, like a top five fantasy quarterback instead of top ten or top fifteen um, I don't know besides Gronkowski. If there's any, I guess Edelman. Besides those yeah, guys, I'm not sure. Yeah, he's, he's on the map. I'm not sure the other guys, the skill players I want to own. I know Dion Lewis, I believe his name is, played great, but knowing Patriots, he might not play for for another three weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, but how did uh, how did Brady's debut? Did it change your opinion of him at all? Did it, uh, you know, no, surprise no, you? No, I mean. No, I just, hey, here's the here's the thing with him. 
you know, you know he's going to do it. It's just a matter of when. He, you know, it was weird last year. He went. There were times when he was, you know, one touchdown, two hundred yards, two touchdowns, one hundred eighty yards, and then it just, it's just those weeks where he goes like this, and it's four touchdowns, and you know, it's hit and dronk all over the place, and it's Edelman on a three yard pass, and then okay, we're going to throw to Amendola, and if you don't like that, then we're going to give you know Chandler a chance in the red zone. So I mean, he, he is what he is. Yeah, it's. I just thought there might be a little bit of rest um, coming in, or just, you know, getting in some live game action after all of the like the not the stress, but the the ordeal he went through. Uh, but he came right. out looking. And like, if you watch him in the preseason, he wasn't. He didn't look that great. I mean, I, I, I mean, know I, you're on a limited snap down, but he certainly didn't look the part in preseason. Yeah, I definitely agree with that, and that's that's why I, I tend to think some of it was just the Steelers terrible. Terrible uh, defense, but <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. And then let's let's move to my area of expertise: rookies. Do rookies really jump out at you that um, you know not have considered using for daily, or you are on the free agent wire and season long that you're thinking about going out and grabbing now? Um, any anyone? Yeah, jumped I mean, I'll, yeah. I'll preface it all by saying I'm a Raiders fan, so obviously I'm going to talk to you about Amari Cooper, and uh, I just. You know, I watched all the preseason games, and it was target, target, targets all day long, and it, it certainly started that way on um, on Sunday. Carr, Carr, since about week two of preseason, has been rusty, going over the top. And, I mean, if you're going to miss, you want to miss low. But he's leaving Cooper out there to drive. First play of the game, throws it to Cooper. It's high. Of course, Carr gets injured in that game, and we don't hear anything from Cooper after that. Kind of silently, patiently waiting on Devontae Parker, but uh, I don't know. I think I've been had by Ryan Tannehill again this year, but it is only one week. So, uh, Rashard Perriman, obviously we're waiting on him. Rookie running backs, curious to see what the kid in uh, Arizona can do. Hopefully Chris Johnson doesn't take up all the timeshare there. But those are the kind of the guys I'm looking at. And Daly, um, yeah, I don't know. Amari Cooper, I guess, is going to be low-owned. But he gets the targets, and that's what I want. Yeah, Amari Cooper, I think, is a good example. Um, he did play really well with Carr in there, and then, you know, Carr, well, I think he tried to stiff arm a guy or something and hurt his hand. And Matt McGloin, yeah, yeah, Adam Jones. Yeah. Matt McGloin was the uh, the backup there, and that didn't – that doesn't nope. equal the best uh, – it's not the best situation for fantasy points, let's just say. Um, yeah, the, I thought the rookie running backs are going to be probably the most interesting with David Johnson in Arizona – now with Ellington hurt again, Chris Johnson, I tend to believe, is just sort of washed up. So hopefully David Johnson can get some more carries. And if you haven't – if he's on the free agent wire in your league I, and it's a deeper league, probably go out and get him just because Chris Johnson, I don't think, is going to hold that job for very long. Right. And David Johnson, he showed some nice speed on that, I think, 55-yard touchdown pass. It was like a short pass that he took most of the way. But guys like him or Duke uh, Johnson – in Cleveland, or uh, once Todd Gurley gets back, that'll be a big one. I did. Right. I am a little worried about Melvin Gordon in San Diego with uh, Danny Woodhead getting the red zone touches there. Um, so I'm I like Danny Woodhead a lot. I think he's probably going to be uh, really involved this year after missing some missing yeah. last season's injuries. Yeah, I. Uh... 
I agree with you. And I don't know what it is, man. I I just can't can't get behind that guy. He's like he's like my Kevin Falk. You remember Kevin mm-hmm. Falk, right? Always yeah. always taking the grabs, and I just just can't do it. I mean, I know it. I mean, I'm look. I have stats up here right now, and seven you know seven targets, five catches, two red zone targets. Uh, I mean, the numbers are there. I just I don't know what it is, man. I'm just I'm waiting for the wind to pick up and him to take off and. They'll fly into the air, and there'll be no more job in California, and everybody's happy. You know, I just I'm waiting for it. <laughs> yeah, right. Every week. He uh, he's a little guy. He doesn't really run the ball very well. He gets most of his rush yards off of draw plays on third down or second and long. He's not your typical hand it to him on first down. He is a nightmare to cover for linebackers. I assume they hate having oh, to yeah. deal with him. So that's that's sort of always been the the appeal to me is just. You know, if you get three, four, five catches, 50 yards, it's a 10-point day from, a, you know, a backup running back. I can live with that. And right. especially, I mean, in, in, well, I was going to say, with, especially with Gates being out, um, now that Keenan Allen showed he might be back with his 15-catch performance or 14-catch performance, there's not a lot of people to go to on that San Diego offense in the red zone. So Danny Woodhead looks to be one of their their, their top targets. So, that's kind of what sold me. Right. It's more the opportunity than, you know, his, his natural ability. Right. Are you buying the Stevie Johnson hype train stop in at a train station near you? Uh, I think he – I liked him coming into the season. I think he's going to get targets, but I don't know. Like I, I looked on Yahoo today, and I think his ownership percentage is up near 75 80%, which I think is a lot. For a guy who you know really hasn't done anything in quite some time, um, and mm-hmm. anybody can catch six passes, or I think I think he caught six passes in a game for San Diego. I think he's going to be good. I think he'll be useful. I'm just not sure, you know, how how high his ceiling is. What do you What are your thoughts on him? No, I I agree. I mean, you know, you touched on it already. Once Gates comes back, you know, where do all the Cowboys go from there? That's you know, my question. Who's getting the ball? I mean, yeah. Keenan Allen, it's Antonio Gates. I mean, you know, he wants to put up his numbers. He's got, what, maybe two years left, or maybe he's got one. We've been saying that for two years now. I, I don't know. But you know he wants to make his uh, his spot in the world. Yeah, I think the Stevie Johnson thing, it's going to be a roller coaster uh, for fantasy owners. Just you're going to get some weeks where he does this, six catches, 80-whatever yards. A couple of weeks he'll catch a touchdown, maybe two. But then you're also going to get a couple, you know, three catches, 17 yard, uh, mm-hmm. 17 yard games, sort of like uh, Calvin Johnson's day, which wasn't great. Um, <laughs> right. I mean, do quarterbacks throw the ball over 20 yards anymore? I mean, is that a necessity in life in today's NFL? You just throw it for five and see what happens. I mean, uh, Teddy Bridgewater had a pretty nice deep one to Percy Har, Percy Harvin. I think I Teddy Bridgewater. Mike Wallace, excuse me. Um, yeah. And I think Tyrod Taylor threw a pretty nice deep one to Percy Harvin. Percy, yeah. So there, there's a couple, but, you know, it's the young guys. They're just flinging it. Once you, once you get old, you just throw two-yard passes because you don't want to get hit. But, uh, yeah, that's about it. It was an interesting first weekend. Um, and You know, and I've said this a bunch of times on Twitter. First weekend, the first week is always incredibly strange. Like, people are going to freak out that, oh, Calvin Johnson – three catches or um, Adrian Peterson 
like 25 yards or whatever he had. DeMarco Murray, 12 yards. The first week, it's just fluky. Last year, the Tennessee Titans beat the Kansas City Chiefs, and then they won one game the rest of the season, and the Chiefs were the only team in the, like that dominated the Patriots the whole year. So week one is weird. Uh, mm-hmm. But I know you already said you uh, lost some money on Sam Bradford's uh, near touchdown, but how how did week one treat you in the daily side of things? Um, down a little bit. I mean, the, what killed me was Odell Beckham and Des Bryant. I really thought that they were just going to battle back and forth and it was just going to be one of those nights and Bryant gets hurt and Odell Beckham doesn't do anything really of significance and it, it really killed a lot of my lineups. There she goes. Yeah, the uh, I was on the podcast with Joe Bond, I want to say last week, maybe two weeks ago, and we were picking out which games we thought would be the highest scoring for week one, and he picked out the Dallas-New uh, York game, and he like he cited all the last games that had been played. I think like the average score was like around 60 total points had been scored, like 31, 36, 28, 24. Uh, so I, was, I thought... It would be a high-scoring game, too. Um, incredibly weird game, especially once the Giants – once Des Bryant left the game, they just stopped covering Jason Witten. Nobody wanted to cover tight ends this week, it seems like. But um, Oh, and that, that's just dead. Yeah, it was, it was weird. Um, but you said those two guys hurt most of your lineup. So this is a question I ask everybody who plays Daily Fantasy. Are you the type of guy who sticks with – you know, I'm putting Dez and Odell in every lineup, or are you sort of hedging your bets, putting Dez and Odell in one, and uh, Julio Jones and Antonio Brown on team two, another two guys on team three? Like, do you vary it, or do you sort of keep it keep it uniform? Um, I'm one of those guys. That if you know, I've been playing, I've been only playing DFS for a, for a year, but I played all that last NFL and well, two years of uh, baseball. But I'm one of those guys that have learned. You know, I, I really enjoy watching the games on Sunday, and if you have too much stake in the game, you're really cheering for everybody, and what fun is that? I mean, you might as well go play, you know, play catch in the backyard and come back and look in the box score. So I, I tend to I tend to hedge my bets a little bit. I don't try to get try to diversify a whole bunch just because, I mean, there's certain guys I'll go with every week, Antonio Brown, Julio Jones, and uh, Jordan Matthews are my – are my big ones uh, right now, but I did have some Dez and Odell Odell shares because, like everybody, before kickoff and before you know pregame, you start you start listening to too much too much information. And you yeah. Get caught up and you start second guessing yourself. So that's where I ran into a little bit of problem this week is listening too much too much too much pregame hype. Um, yeah. I'm glad you I'm glad you brought something up there where it is. If you have too much invested in these games, they're no fun. Um, when I started doing this daily stuff last year, it was I'd have three different teams with, you know, 20 different players or, yeah, 15 different players, something like that. Mm-hmm. And it just wasn't fun. I was like, oh, uh, Steve Smith scored a touchdown on team two, but, oh, my quarterback on team two sucks. But, oh, on team three, Joe Flacco has four touchdowns. Oh, but – my wide receivers on team three suck. This is terrible. So I was just, right. you know, finishing middle of the pack in all three. And I spent the whole weekend or all of Sunday just watching, watching highlights or box scores instead of watching the game in front mm-hmm. of me. So I'm glad you uh, brought that up as, 
is something that other people seem to deal with and a nice little uh, way to get around that because it, it's the two weeks that I did that. It was terrible. I hated it. Um, yeah. But here's, uh, here's another excuse me question I have wondered about daily, and I'm sure a lot of people who are interested in getting into daily have wondered as well. Um, in season-long leagues, you know, running backs are sort of seen as the gold standard. Is there a – are you taking receivers? Oh, like that's where you should spend your big money? Is it quarterbacks? Like where – where where do you spend most of your money when you're building a lineup? Sure, I mean, for me, it's it's easy to fall in love with uh, with you know with the highest price guy. You look at you look at it and you're like, oh wow, Aaron Rodgers is you know for example 9600, and wow, he's playing the Bears, and it's man, that's a premium premium matchup, you know. And it's easy to fall in love with expensive guys. I mean, as far as you know how to build a lineup. You really got to look at, you know, the rules of the site. You know, you ask about receivers and running backs, and and uh, DraftKings it's a full point per reception, and on FanDuel it's a half a point. Now, look to me, PPR is PPR. Um, Antonio Brown is always going to be worth more to me than Adrian Peterson, because well, North Turner apparently hates Adrian Peterson, but Antonio <laughs> Brown is going to get 12, 13 targets a game. He catches half of that. They get swollen. That's already six points. His yards to go with it. So now you're, you know, you're already off to a great start just by him catching the football. So I, I mean, I, I always look for receivers, especially in the uh, flex spot on DraftKings. Now, once again, FanDuel has no draft spot or flex spot, but I mean, for me, it's all about receivers. Um, I say that now, and then this week I have uh, three running backs going. <laughs> so. Um, but one of them is Justin Forsett against Oakland, and well, we know how that's going to end. So, yeah, well, you never know. You got you got some good linebackers out there in Oakland. Um, fun fact: I used to have class with C.O. Moore at University of Connecticut. So, yeah, the, uh, well, he they traded him to Indianapolis, so he's no what? longer did, out there anymore. Yeah, when did uh, that right happen? before the start of the right before the start of the uh, right before the start of the season, they traded him to Indianapolis for. Sixth round and a bag of Doritos. So that's what he's an Indian now. Damn. That was such a good yeah, tidbit. Yeah, I loved him out there. Yeah. It was such a good tidbit, but now, well, Indy can use him. All right. Um, All right. I know who he is, right? That, that makes a difference. Yeah. I thought you were going to be really impressed. Um, but so you, you said you were using three running backs this weekend. Do you have – have you built out your teams already? Or you wait till Saturday night yeah. and uh, building them out early? Nope. Um, yeah, my article hit today on uh, so-called for the Thursday games, and quite honestly, I'm uh, what's commonly referred to as fading or staying away from the Thursday night games this week. But uh, um, this week with my running backs, I went with uh, Carlos Hyde, Chris Ivory, and um, oh Justin Forsett on one lineup. And reason being, I just think um, Justin Forsett especially, price is low. And Mark Trestman, who was the Raiders' offensive coordinator when they had last time they're in the Super Bowl, so that when they had their Super Bowl runs in 01, 02, uh, he was their offensive coordinator. He was the offensive coordinator for the Bears last year, and if you remember how nuts Matt Forte went with the catches. Uh, so, anyways, long story short, or short story long, Forsett and Mark Trestman are reunited or are in Baltimore together. So I think he's going to be, you know, sneaky out of the backfield, going to catch you four or five balls. They just can't stop the run, so I, I like it this week. Yeah, I 
the Mark Pressman thing is um, definitely a definitely something that um, people need to take take into account because Matt Forte had I want to say 104 catches last year. Um, yeah, I, yeah. Which really didn't get as much coverage as I, I think it should have for. Like I don't. I remember when uh, Ladainian Thompson did it in 2003. People were losing their minds because he was the first uh, running back ever to do it. Mm-hmm. They don't know if Matt Forte was the second one to ever do it, but and I think he might have been. There, there hasn't been a lot of running backs. If he isn't the second one, I don't think there's been many between him and Tomlinson. That's a stat I should look up. Um, right. But uh, is there besides that Oakland Baltimore game? Any other uh, games you really think there's a lot of daily daily potential in? Yeah. Well, I'm going to be um, – once again, I'm going to be invested in Philadelphia and Dallas. Um, I don't think Dallas is going to be that great against the Pats. I don't know if Orlando Scandrick is going to play again. Greg Hardy's still not there. Randy Gregory, MIA. So I don't know if Dallas is going to be able to generate a pass rush, and God knows you need one against that offense because your corners aren't possibly going to be able to cover for – you know, seven, eight seconds on that. So I'll be going back to the well there with, uh, I don't know, I guess stacking, if, you, if you're into stacking. And what that is is basically your quarterback and a receiver from the same team, maybe a quarterback, receiver, running back, getting dangerous there. But I'll go with Bradford and Matthews. Just price, the price is awesome on both FanDuel and DraftKings. I mean, there's no way that I want to pay up, you know, for Andrew Luck. Aaron Rodgers, just looking on DraftKings here real quick. Um, I'd pay up for Drew Brees this week, of course. If we're talking Thursday night, certainly not paying up for um, Peyton Manning. But, I mean, those guys are all way above Sam Bradford, you know, in salary. So you can save yourself some money, grab him, grab Jordan Matthews in a, in a game that's got the highest over-under of the week again. Supposed to be some points being scored. And, I don't know, I just, um, to me, it's Bradford and Matthews again this week is my number my number one quarterback for sure is Bradford. You know, Jordan Matthews probably my third wide receiver, but still, it's there. Yeah, that that Eagles offense is pretty dynamic, um, and and they seem to have trouble running the ball last week. So maybe they'll have the trouble running the ball again. Put the ball in the air would definitely translate to uh, to a lot of points for Matthews because he's he's the guy they're going to an Aguilar. Their other receiver, the first round pick, mm-hmm. did not play particularly well um, last week. So who knows? Who knows how you know practice will go this week? But I think Matthew's going to get a lot of lot of targets. Um, what else can I ask you about daily fantasy sports? So I, I mean, so everybody can be better at it, not just not just me. So I can stop losing money on FanDuel. Um, let's see what when you build a team. Is there like one? strict rule like you do not like I don't know maybe I never buy the the most expensive quarterback or I you know I don't pay for defenses is there like one sort of uh, rule of thumb you follow each week or do you sort of just play yeah. it, play it by the the prices well, um I the prices are what they are I mean everything is matchup very matchup contingent especially you know baseball more so than football it's, with, you know, one one tip that I I will always tell new players and seasoned players, seasonal players and whatever else is, you know, you listen to us talk about daily and you want to take down a big old tournament 
I think there's just as much merit as to listening to what we're talking about, but not so much what we're talking about, but what we're not talking about. You know, like um, last week, how many pregame shows did you watch and how often was, you know, Marcus Mariota brought up? He wasn't. Nobody talked about Marcus Mariota. Very low-owned guy. So I think there's some, some things to think about there. Is, you know, when, when you're building these lineups, listen to what people aren't saying. You know, and that for me, that that's a big one. Uh, you know, I, I just I can't. If you want to be different, and you and you have to be because with with football, I mean, there's always these. The contests are generally going to be in the tens of thousands of players, and I mean, just some advice is you're not winning that. You're not winning a hundred thousand dollars because you saw some guy from Detroit deposit thirty bucks and it worked out for him. I mean, it just it just doesn't happen. So. What I like to do is I like to find tournaments with low, if I'm going to play a tournament, and I'm more of a tournament player than I am head-to-head, um, I like to find tournaments with low entries. So, you know, 2500 to 3000 is kind of my cutoff. Anything above that, I know that I really, really got to be different than everybody else. Hmm. Yeah, that's a good point because even when you look at the ownerships of a lot of these guys, if it's, you know, you see – not to go back to Aaron Rodgers again, but Aaron Rodgers or, I don't know, Lamar Miller, Adrian Peterson, one of those guys, you, you mm-hmm. see that they, uh, they're they being used in, you know, 12, 15% of teams, 20% of teams. You think, oh, you know, it's still more than 80% of the teams, but in, if you're in a, a tournament with 10,000 people, it's still like, what, 2,000 people have Aaron Rodgers on their team. So right, you really got to hit you on know, those. I- those third random third wide receivers who catch two like a James Jones in week one kind of thing. Right. Right. Yeah, funny story about James Jones. So when I heard he got picked up by the Packers, I immediately immediately go on to DraftKings and switch my lineup because I know he, first of all I know he's going to be dirt cheap, right? He, the the yeah. pricing has been out for months, so I immediately switch him out. Um, then I get a little red banner across the top of DraftKings saying. James Jones has been traded, which he was from the Giants, and they hadn't updated him to the Packers. He will not accrue any points this week. So I'm like, okay, crap. There goes my there goes my uh, silver bullet, right? So then I start looking at some of the millionaire maker lineups and who did what and how they did. And sure enough, there's James Jones in some lineups. So I don't know if it was just misinformation by DraftKings or they switch it later in the day. And I'm certainly not going to blame a company for my stupidity, but so it's kind of miffed at that. But you know, back to the back to the point. Devontae Adams is, is a Great case in point. I think he was 44% owned in the Millionaire Maker. Um, wow. As we all know, didn't do a damn thing. Um, yeah. Had some catches. And if you look at it that way, if he does do anything, you're not going anywhere. And if he doesn't, 60% of the people have already surpassed what you've done. So, I mean, there, there's, you know, there's some merit into being the hipster. And, um, you know, not to brag because I certainly didn't do well last week, but I had maybe one share of Devontae Adams. I put him in one lineup because, you know, you don't want to be the guy that doesn't have him either and he goes off, like Julio Jones. Yeah. You don't want to be sitting on the bench while every, or sitting on the sideline when everybody else gets points. Uh, I have my right. own fun James Jones story, and that is I'm a Giants fan. And we cut James Jones so we could keep Preston Parker, who if any of you, any of you watched the uh, Sunday night game, dropped like four first downs. On third down, he dropped passes that would have given us a first down like four times. Uh, and it's everybody in New York is like, why did we keep 
Preston Parker. <laughs> this is terrible. Great. Must have been but, a fair, uh, man. Those dreads are dreads are solid. I know, right? It's we have our team has great hair between him and Odell, but uh, maybe that's how I'll build my fan, my daily team this week. Just <laughs> best hair and see how that turns out. Right. But yeah. um, any last uh, games this week that you think could really be a big uh, big for daily fantasy players before we uh, let you go? Yeah, um, Tampa Bay and New Orleans. Um, here's a little Brandon Coleman um, preseason stud, Marcus Colson. I, I think I think it's over. You know, as much as a I don't like to say that. I think he's been nothing but a good player for New Orleans for a long time. But Brandon Coleman is 3,300 bucks this week on DraftKings. Don't know what he is on FanDuel, um, but if you pair him with uh, Drew Brees, I think you're going to have yourself a nice little vacation. I, I just I know Drew Brees is going to be probably heavily heavily owned, but this is one of those situations where you don't have him, you could be you could be looking up at the standings too. So. Yeah, I I heard Marcus Mariota say last week that it wasn't very hard to uh, identify the coverages that Tampa was using, and that was mm-hmm. from a rookie in his first NFL game. So God knows how easy Drew Brees might be able to uh, dissect these plays. But right. uh, Levi, I appreciate you coming on. We're gonna get you back in a couple weeks or a month or whenever you have time again. Maybe after the halfway point, see some trends sure. in the in the daily in the world of daily sports and, uh, you know, keep talking football. You were a great guest. I'm glad we finally got you on. I know I tried to get you on for fantasy baseball at some point, but, uh, yeah, you know. well, we'll, uh, we'll get some baseball talk in there too. Once, uh, once this, once, you know, season comes back in six months, cause God, some of these fantasy baseball leagues I have, I'm just waiting for them to end. But, uh, yeah, I know it gets again. long with, yeah. Right. And now that I have fantasy yeah. football in my life, I'm like, Oh, oh, I'm in seventh place out of 12 teams. That's okay. I'm just thinking about fantasy football. Um, Once again, (laughs) I'm Travis Bestor. This is Levi. Find us on Twitter. Find us on uh, at socalledfantasyexperts.com. I write the rookie report on Tuesdays. Levi, your story came out today, which is Wednesday. Um, Send us your questions. If they're daily fantasy football, send them to Levi, not me. Um, And we will catch you guys later. Levi, thank you again for coming on. And all of you fans out there, see you again next week on the so-called Fantasy Experts Fantasy Football Podcast. Okay, thanks.